0: Want you just for a moment here, just let's turn our hearts in prayer. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing among us today. Lord, your goodness, your kindness, Holy Spirit of God, that you're stirring hearts and you're making people alive, Lord, and God, we bless it. We bless every aspect of all that you're doing today. God, the the continual wind of the Spirit that blows over our lives and renews us day by day. God, I pray for an increase in every heart, every life. Holy Spirit, would you bring increase to that. Lord, I thank you for the prevailing winds, that which fills the sail and drives us forward. God, I I pray that every heart would become in tune and aligned to what you're saying. That every heart would become in tune and aligned, Lord, to to the direction and the flow that, that you are taking humanity. God, I pray that on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in every way, in every dimension. God, we thank you for these things, Lord. We proclaim them over our time together right now and uh, agree in Jesus' mighty name. And if you had agreement with that, you said, amen. come on, amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, we had, we had a powerful It was a powerful weekend. Uh, Meredith uh, Malden came and uh, did a a clinic for us over the weekend with our worship team. Um, I don't know if she ended up back in the room. I think they're still meeting right now. But uh, if you get a chance to see her, you know she was singing today. uh, You can just say thank you to her. Um, How many were here on Friday night for our time, the time of worship? And okay, only a handful. Man, y'all, it's powerful, wonderful time in spirit. And, uh, you know, every time we come together like that for extended times of worship, there are so much that gets stirred up in hearts. So much begins to be accomplished without needing the, the intention of man behind it. Like the Lord just knows how to get stuff done in your life, doesn't he? I, I don't know about you, but uh, when every time we come into the presence like that, we worship and we enthrone him, brings alignment to my own heart, to our life. Um, on Friday, we had a time of worship here. It was powerful. It was wonderful. And then all day on Saturday, the teams came together, and they were writing songs, uh, pressing in to, to hear the, what the Lord is saying for us, our community. Um, you know, when we, we sing songs, they're prophetic. They're not just, you know, we, we worship and we praise, but the edge of prophecy is also in them. We proclaim what the Lord is doing and what he will do. It's like intercession where you would pray God's will would be done when you're singing when you're proclaiming it's it's a, a form of prophetic intercession and so our teams are writing songs around what we see God doing and where he's taking us as a community and what he's doing in the earth right now so that our community can sing and prophesy and proclaim them you know every time we come together like that and so that on the all day Saturday it was so powerful and so I just want to say thank you thank you to Meredith and the team can we just uh, put our hands together and just say thank you to them I had a experience um, recently. I was in the prayer room. You know, we, for a season there, we were once a month transforming this room into uh, like a house of prayer setting. And then we felt the need to bring that to a close and to begin to move it into the actual prayer room. And so every Friday, there's a house of prayer going on in there. There's worship and, and time to just to sit in the Lord's presence. Really invite you to participate in that. Um, but we were we were in the prayer room, and and as I'm worshiping and I'm I'm experiencing God's presence, there's a sweet communion. I began to have a vision. I began to see. You know, uh, I've talked through this before, but having a vision is it's not a, a super ecstatic like uh, experience that no one else can have. It's a it's the type of thing actually that in your inner man, you when the Lord speaks, you'll see pictures. When the Lord communicates with you, often he'll do so in picture form because literally a word, uh, a, a thousand words cannot describe a picture that the Lord gives. He gives you one little glimpse and it means so much. And so I, I was, I was in a time of prayer and he began to uh, show me this picture. I was standing on a beach and there the Lord was in front of me and he has back to me. And he turned around and he looked at me and he beckoned me and he said, follow me. And then he began to walk and he walks right out on the water. And I remember the moment of hesitation in this because I, am like, yes, Jesus, you know, I think this happens to us. We're like, yes, Lord. And then he does something that's impossible. I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. But then he's like, now I want you to do something you can't do. And so he walks out on the water. And I remember this experience feeling that sort of like, I don't know, Lord. But I could tell he's getting distance on me, so I better keep going if I'm gonna, you know. So just, okay, let's do this, you know. And and I, I there I was walking out on the sea with him, and the the waters were perfectly calm, glassy, reflecting the sky. And it, it was we're, we're walking towards the horizon, and he's walking. He's not. Never mind me. He's going. And, and there I am attempting to keep up with him and feeling and understanding that the Lord is doing things in our day. He's at work and he's invited us to participate, but it requires that you actually follow. And, and so there he was. He's walking out, and I'm walking with him, and we're walking towards the horizon. And, and I can see. I'm looking towards the horizon, past the Lord as he's walking. Again, it's a visionary experience in a, in a time of prayer. And I'm, I'm looking at the horizon, and, and there on the horizon, there's this light that begins to emanate, and it's so strong and powerful. I knew this light could not be earthly type of light. I'm looking at it, and, and, and suddenly it comes to me. I realize, oh, I'm looking at a cloud. A brilliant cloud. Light is emanating from this thing that's beyond. And I'm looking at it and, and, and this small cloud is on the horizon and I see the shadow of a person, a figure walking towards me. And as they're walking on the water towards me, they, they're approaching and, and suddenly it occurs to me that it's my mother who passed away when I was, you know, young. And she's walking towards us and she got from about here to the back of the sanctuary. I can clearly see her. And, and the Lord is standing there and the Lord looks at me and then he looks at her as if she has something to say. And, and she says, take courage, son. We are praying for you. And then the experience is over. You know, you have so many questions at this point. Like, ah, wait, hold a second. You know, the sermon this morning is intentional in that I'm opening a door, and I'm going to show you how to get to the door. I'm going to walk you through the scriptures to come to this threshold, and then I'm going to sneak up behind you and kick you through the door. (laughs) I'm not going to attempt to answer all your questions. I don't have the answers. This, this morning is meant to open a door and to invite us into a reality that is, goes beyond. You know, I, t- I talked with a few people this week, actually several, I had small conversations with, and they were expressing to me weariness, heaviness, a sense of like, man, I'm tired, I feel fatigued. Something about this season just took it out of them. And so there's not a lot of energy for extra things, not a lot of energy to say yes to things that they normally would be energized for and excited about saying yes to. It just wasn't there in the tank. And and I was talking to them and realized like that that phrase, like heavy, burdensome, weary, requires an an explanation. It requires an addressing. It's not something that you can stay in or sustain very long. If a load is very heavy, you're not going to be able to carry it very long. And the Lord, he comes to us and he, he allows us to intersect and to come into connection with people's burdens, come into connection with the reality of this day where there is heaviness in the atmosphere. There's stuff to get done that that's difficult. And he invites us to care, but asks us not to carry. Because he wants to carry it with us. He has a yoke. You know what a yoke is? It was a piece of wood they would place on the back of oxen in order to pull something out as heavy, the load. And he says to you, he says to me, he says to us, you must be courageous because the load actually is difficult. But I need you to learn from me because I am humble and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he shows us is difficult. The assignment might be heavy to you. If you look at it, you go, Lord, how can I ever, how could we ever? But he says, with you, it's not possible. But with us, it is possible. Whenever we have a load that's heavy, whenever we feel weary or burdened or we're feeling disconnected from presence, there's a a tension at hand because the reality is that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. On his end of things, nothing changes. Are you alive? He's with you. He's with you in it. So when the burden gets heavy, I know it's not on his end of things. When the burden gets wearisome, when, when what I'm supposed to be doing, suddenly I don't have energy and I'm like, oh, Lord. My prayer often is this. Oh, God, give me grace to sustain today. Help me, Lord. Like those kinds of prayers. But like in Jesus' words, this is Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. That's a good prayer. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, there's something for us to change about how we're doing things. The way he does things, he says, I am gentle and I am humble. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's the deal. Every time... I begin to feel a weariness, a heaviness, where the assignment or something feels like, man, I don't know if I can keep sustaining what you've asked me to do, Lord. I know that the issue isn't on his end, that I'm out of alignment with carrying the yoke. Something has to shift in how I'm approaching something. I'm praying, God, give me strength. Give me extra grace. Give me what I need in order to do this. And he's saying to you, hey, how about just humble yourself and admit you don't know how to do it? How about learn from me? Because it's actually not heavy. I already did it all. If it's heavy, it means you're carrying it wrong. Let me repeat that over here because this side didn't get it. If it's heavy, it means you're carrying it wrong. Okay, right? You lift with your legs, not your back, right? You got to position your own heart in a position of rest because the Lord is coming alongside to help with the yoke. When, uh, When I had this experience, I shared with you just a moment ago, there was such a clarity And the clarity was this, that heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, that prayer, that call, for us to bring our lives into, not just submission to, but alignment with God's ways. That when we do that, his blessing flows into our lives. His goodness gets displayed for others to see. The gospel has great power and effectiveness when you're bearing fruit in your life. There's not a way to strive in order to achieve the gospel going forth into the nations. You you can't go win a nation. That's nonsense. Nations are given to you. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations, the Lord says. But when we position our hearts like we have to achieve something, that's when it becomes heavy, doesn't it? I want you to think just for a moment about some of the stuff that you feel like God's given you to do maybe in life some of the stuff you feel called to achieve, some of the stuff that you feel like it's an assignment from him. Are you able to do it? If you answer yes, then I'd say you don't, you're not carrying an assignment from the Lord because everything he asks you to do is impossible. You need him. If you say yes to that and you go, yes, the Lord's given me some things to do and I would say, okay, are you feeling tired in it? Is it hard? If it's difficult, welcome to the club. The club of those who are learning how to carry the burden of what God's called us to. I know that when I get out of alignment with his purposes, that's when stuff begins to become difficult, become heavy, burdensome. I know that when I am carrying it with Jesus, that there is a joy and there's a peace that even in great difficulty... That there is the ability to rest in the midst of it. When I'm doing it with him. Are you alive today? Somebody needs to hear this word. I'm probably talking to your neighbor though, not you, right? It's not you. When I had this experience, what I realized was that the Lord was asking us as a people to come into alignment with his purposes. Because the world around us, darkness, great darkness covering the people. And that we, Isaiah 60 says, we're called to arise and shine. And that when we arise and shine, when we arise, when we step into who God's made us to be, when we we take action, when we do something, when we do that, the glory of the Lord gets demonstrated. His goodness starts to be seen by others. Isaiah 60 says that nations will come running to you and the brightness of your rising. In other words, We are standing up in God's goodness and as we're walking with him, something gets to emanate from our lives and it says nations take notice. Peoples take notice. They want what you have. The setting is great darkness, but oh, my friends, that's why he put you here. The assignment is that heaven's ways and God's ways That our call, the courageous call, is to walk with him. To align with him. To keep up, even if he starts to do impossible things. Because if you'll be following him out into it, all things become possible. I don't know what you're facing, but I'll tell you that you should look around and make sure you're following Jesus. Now, if you'll follow me over to Hebrews chapter 12... We're going to take a look at a passage of scripture here that's powerful and can be transforming, if you'll allow the Lord. This is the doorway that I was talking about. Don't be afraid of it. We're going to take a look, and I think that the Lord's going to do something powerful in your life. Ready? This is Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now, that therefore is there for a reason. The verses that came right before this statement were all about men and women of faith who have walked with God in the world. And all of them from the very beginning until now carried promises from God, purposes from God, and they walked by faith, and they did not see the fulfillment in their lifetime. That's what they have in common. All of them carried promises from God and did not see the fulfillment. Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of these kind of witnesses. Now it messed me up in that experience because I looked out and I saw a cloud. And here there's, and I thought to myself, are you kidding me? It's an actual cloud? Like the cloud of witnesses is a cloud? I couldn't believe it. It blew my mind. I thought it was a metaphor. Like, oh, it's just a, you know, but there it was. It was a cloud, and here it comes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses of those who are peering on, who are cheering you on, who are interceding for you to fulfill the promise that was given to them. That God has spoken from the beginning about what he wants the world to be shaped like. The garden of God, touching the world, being expanded. That God gave promises to humanity and said, hey, I'm in this with you. I want you to carry out my purposes on the earth. The heavens are his throne. The earth is his footstool. And that people who have gone before us have walked in these things, and it's supposed to give us courage and strength. It's not necessarily encouraging to hear and they didn't see the fulfillment. What it's supposed to do is cheer you up that you are a part of something far greater than just your own personal vision. It's not about you. We get heavy and burdened because we're trying to achieve things for ourselves. We compare with the world and we look around and we go, oh, man, I want my life to look like that. You try to achieve it and it's heavy and it's hard. And, and then so you go and get a self-help book and you realize that, oh, maybe if I just scheduled a little better and I got an assistant and I did all the different things that people are prescribing in the world of how to achieve more and greater things, if we could just build a better performing organization, if we just had better leadership, if we just blah, 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 all that, we could achieve this thing. That's the world's version. And if you as a believer take that on, it will become heavy very quickly. Because the call is to walk with him. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, he sat down at the right hand on the throne of God in heaven. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now there is a prescription here that's very helpful to reflect upon. And it's our purpose today. The word heart there, don't, lose heart. Losing heart, growing weary, the word heart there it means the breath of life, the spark. It's the wind in your sails. It's your core motivation that drives you on. It's the God idea that filled you at one one moment and you started for it and then it became heavy and you're like, oh my goodness, how, why is it so hard? You get discouraged. You're unable to do it. That stuff that creeps in and chokes it out. Don't lose heart. And how do you not lose heart? Ah. You have some things to consider here. You ready? Consider for a moment what it cost, what it cost Jesus. What it cost him in providing a way for you to have freedom, liberty. What it cost the Savior. By thinking about and considering what Jesus faced in hostility, you come to realize that You are not alone in your process. It costs him greatly for the freedom we experience. Consider what your eyes are fixed on. It says fix your eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter of your faith. When we fix our eyes on him, the other stuff, the other leadership in our life, it falls away. I think this is where we get off course. The you know I am a person that enjoys hiking in the mountains. I like trails. I like uh, you know going to parks and getting out in nature. I enjoy being out in just you know out in wilderness, if you will. Anybody with me in this beauty? I like to be out in it. I I, I if I see a postcard, I want to go there. I'm not interested in just looking at the picture. I, I want to go out into it, and so I've enjoyed getting out on trails, and I'll take my family, I try at least, to take my family out into it. It's a little more difficult to drag a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old around, right? You know, that, that process has been a hindrance, if you will, right? The trail itself, though, is, provides a, a type of clarity and safety that's so helpful It says, we're supposed to throw off every encumbrance, the stuff that so easily entangles us. I love hiking on a trail up a mountain. What I hate, loathe, the worst experience ever, is bushwhacking. Because if you've ever gone off trail into wilderness, especially unkept wilderness, you find that the thickets are very difficult to get through. If you're trying to push your way through the underbrush, it's not a fun experience at all. The calling is this, to recognize that there are others who have gone before you. And this is the divine calling this morning. This is what I want you to hear, what I want us to spend just the remainder time on, is that people have gone before us in the call of God, and they have created a path, a trail, if you will. That when we go off course, we end up entangled in things that have nothing to do with what God was calling you to in the life of faith. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's ahead of us on this trail, he keeps us in the path of faith and things work. There's an ease about it. When we get off trail is when it becomes weary, burdensome, entangled, difficult, fill in your adjective. Friends, if you have felt burden, weariness, I I just want to call you back on trail. Come back on trail. His burden is light. It's easy. The simplicity of following Jesus is so powerful. He wants you to follow him day by day. He might lead you into the great unknown. He might lead you out onto the waters. He might lead you into something difficult. The point is, follow the leader. Sometimes that means, hey, admitting you're off course, coming back. Consider what's hindering your story. Consider what's going on. And lastly, look at that first verse, Hebrews 12:1. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, did you know that you're not alone on your journey? Now, I don't want to get weird with this. You know, we're not talking about relating to the dead. That's not what we're referring to at all. We're talking about this. That Jesus rent the heavens and came down. You're not praying that that happens again. The Lord has poured out his spirit. He has made a way for a union between heaven and earth. He's already done it. We're not trying to recreate this. He's inviting you and I to walk in it. That all the heavens... And those who have gone before us, they're cheering us on and they're praying, they're interceding on our behalf. Why? Because we are given the opportunity to participate in the great story. The one that they participated in and that you and I have opportunity to fulfill. In this day, there is opportunity to see promises fulfilled that people have been longing to look into for years and years and years and years. Generations that have gone before you, they walked with God and they're looking and cheering you on. Why? Because you're on the same course and you're having opportunity to fulfill what they didn't get to see in their day. Jesus Christ, our Lord, the man, Jesus, sits on the throne living to what? To make intercession. What's he praying for? That you would walk in the fullness of what was promised and what he came to bring. That there is a connectedness between heaven and earth that is far beyond us sitting in a church just worshiping once a week. That your life is surrounded. And so when you feel alone, when you feel burdensome, when you feel disconnected, you're like, oh man, you're tempted to isolate, you're tempted to pull back. You need to know this you're not alone. Your discouragement, oh my friends, you have the cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. Did you know that there's a spiritual inheritance? that is there, that's trying to align with your life. There's blessing of a thousand generations that's waiting to come upon your life. There's resource that is connected to this that goes far beyond what you can imagine. I'm not talking about like uh, uh, simple things like money and economy, this kind of stuff. I'm talking about there is generational promise. There are generational momentum in spirit. There is generational stuff that have been, that, that others have walked in for literally a thousand generations that the Lord has made available to you if you will align with what heaven is doing. The effect of your life, the calling of your life, it's not just your story. It's supposed to be the grand story. We're invited to participate in Abraham's promise. And all of heaven is cheering us on. You're not alone. Would you repeat after me? I'm not alone. God is the God who starts a work in one generation and then he completes it in another. Now, here's the deep question. Here's the thought. This is the one that I want you to meditate on, the one that I want you to stir up in you. Purpose in our lives is not achievement. Whatever goal you come up with, it could be the best and most Christianized goal you can come up with. I'm going to do such and such for God and fill in the blank and it can be grand. It doesn't even come close to what God has planned for you. The effect of your life is supposed to be far, far greater. Not because you are so special, but you are supposed to be participating in something that's bigger than you. And his blessing Supernatural provision comes upon those who align with him in his ways. We're kind of, we set our plans and then we ask God to bless them. No, no. Stop doing that. That's heavy. That's difficult. Instead, why don't you look to see what he's doing and come into alignment with that. There's a story about the cloud the size of a man's hand that I want to, To touch uh, before we bring this to a close. In Israel's history, there were kings that leaders, kings, leadership that were not walking in God's ways. And so they led the nation of Israel into times of great difficulty because they were not walking in God's ways. Israel's job was to demonstrate on earth what it's like to walk with God. That was their job. A nation called to do this. In Israel's history, they had kings and leaders who made decisions that brought them out of alignment with God's ways, frankly, for expediency. Now, I'm not, I don't want to push too hard here, but in Ahab's day and Elijah's day, Ahab and his wife chose a worship system that benefited the economy over the lordship of Yahweh. They chose Baal and Asherah, who were the gods of the agricultural system, the economy. They chose to worship and align Israel with what was expedient to making Israel thrive in money. Elijah comes along as a prophet from God and realizes Elijah's job is to bring their nation back into alignment with God's purpose for them. The calling, the great story. Not just our generation's story, the great story, the big story. Because we are in time, we're a part of it. We're carrying a baton from previous generations. In Elijah's day, they had dropped the baton. They weren't walking in God's ways. They chose to serve the economy, money, a system. Elijah comes along and he goes, hey, we're not serving God. No one's listening. So what's he do? He goes to prayer and he says this. He says, Lord, please close the heavens. No more rain. He proclaims prophetically. The rain is to stop and it does. In the book of James, James chapter five, the scripture says that Elijah is a man just like us. And that when he prayed, the heavens stopped raining. And when he prayed again, the heavens opened up. That story is found in first Kings. You're welcome to read it yourself. But here's the deal. The rain stops and the economy crashes three years of drought. That will kill an agricultural society. Your crops aren't going to grow if there's no water. Famine enters the land. It's a time of great difficulty for the nation of Israel under the leadership of Ahab and Jezebel. If you look at it from bigger story perspective, what you realize is that Elijah, the prophet, hearing from God, goes, hey, we're out of alignment. I need to call us back into alignment. Baal and Asherah were the gods of fertility who made the crops grow. But our God is the God of the heavens. And so Elijah goes, Hey, let's turn that spigot off and let's silence this other system. You with me here? They enter into famine. Ahab looks at Elijah and goes, You're the troubler of Israel. You're the fault. You're the reason this has happened. Elijah turns it around. And he goes, no, it was your leadership, your choices that shut this down. Okay. You ready? Uh, yeah. huh. They show up at Mount Carmel. They have a showdown, if you will. They bring the 400 prophets of Baal. and The 400 prophets of Asherah were supposed to come, but they were a no-show. no show They have a contest. Who's the God? Who's the real God? Let's put this on demonstration for all of Israel. Let's see so our nation understands who God really is. He's not just the God of the economy. They have the t- contest. It's very clear that the Lord is God. Elijah calls down fire, consumes the altar and everything in it, and the nation in a single moment goes, Oh, God's God the Lord is God. Right? Ahab, the king, goes, man, I can't believe I got it so wrong. And then something happens. All of Israel departs from the mountain and they go down and they're supposed to throw a feast. But Elijah remains on the mountain and he goes back to prayer. And when he goes back to prayer, he begins to pray for what? That the rain would come. His servant, the next generation, the young one, is the one that Elijah keeps sending to the edge of the mountain to look. So Elijah is praying, and he prays, Lord, release the rain again. Why is he able to pray that? Because they just turned the nation back to the Lord's ways. They were out of alignment, now they're back in alignment, and so now he's asking the Lord to turn the spigot back on. The servant goes seven times. Seven times this happens. He prays with nothing. He prays nothing. He prays nothing. And on the seventh time, he prays and the servant goes and looks. And what does he see? He sees a cloud the size of the man's hand. He does not see a rain cloud, my friends. He's not seeing rain clouds. He's seeing the alignment from previous generations. He's seeing heaven's alignment. He's seeing what people walked in for history. The walk with God in generations. That suddenly Israel has come back into alignment with God's purposes. And when that happens, he knows. Ah, you better hitch up your donkey because it's about to rain. In other words, there would be a response, a recovery what was missing would come. The blessing of the Lord can come back on the life because they were aligned with God's purposes. Are you alive? Yes. You and I are called to walk with the Lord in such a way that we demonstrate to the world around us That God is real. We are called to walk ancient pathways. If you get off trail, it becomes burdensome and difficult. And you'll lose your way. It's difficult. But when we humble ourselves and we come back to the way, the truth, and the life, simplicity. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus who is the author and the perfecter of your faith. That promises suddenly become able to be fulfilled through your life. That there is an inheritance, a blessing from a thousand generations that you suddenly are able to walk in. I don't know what the difficulties are that you have faced in your life, but I would encourage you to come back to ancient pathways. When we get discouraged and we separate and we make alone and we feel like we have to go our own way, we feel like we have to forge our own way, my friends, I would tell you, please stop that. It's not what you're called to do. If you feel like you're having to forge your own way, then I would encourage you to humble your heart and look around to those who have gone before you. Learn from others. Walk in the path of life. There is a release coming. God's promises for our generation are significant. There are promises for our generation where the Lord wants to move so powerfully, and I believe you and I, we are called to turn our hearts back towards fathers and mothers. Children turn their hearts back towards parents. Parents towards children. That in the restoration of the connectedness between generations, that there is an alignment possible where that generational blessing can rest on your life. I don't know where you got off course, but I'm calling you back to the simplicity in devotion to Christ. Are you alive today? Okay. Now where you're at right now, I just want you to close your eyes. We're gonna pray. I'm gonna land the plane, Okay. Like I said, I'm opening the door, I'm kicking you through it, and good luck. (laughs) You're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before you. You are surrounded by heaven's intercession, praying that you would walk and fulfill what they have longed to look into. You've been given opportunity to step into things of God that are far beyond you. And so first, I just pray right now, Father, for the striving heart, the heart that feels displaced and is always trying to prove itself and is needing to get approval from others and always searching for someone to say, you did good, you did well. Lord, I pray for those seeds to be silenced right now. I speak peace to your soul. Peace. Hear your Father in heaven say, well done. You're doing well. You're part of something bigger. Stop striving, child. Peace to you. For those who have felt like you're carrying a burden that is just heavy, that that burden would come off of you, humble, learned from Christ, look. Just look at how he carried it. He he wasn't trying to perform anything each day he walked by the spirit he spent time with his father he loved people he connected and ministered to those the father brought to him there wasn't a striving there wasn't an attempt to build there's none of this let it go let that burden fall off of you fall away from you there's a simple devotion to christ that the lord is calling us back to as a people we are not here to achieve something my friends The Father is beckoning us to be his dwelling place. Father, I pray right now for the yoke and the ease of Christ to come on each heart. Lay your burden down, friend. Let it go. Let it go. Let it wash off of you. Let it wash off of you. Let it wash off of you. you. Fix your eye on Jesus. Simplicity. Don't make it complicated. You're called to walk with him. And he may not be leading you in the way that he's leading other people. And so don't be discouraged by that. Oh, just follow the path that he's leading you down. You have a race set before you. You've got to run it. No one else can do it for you. Just be you. Why don't you put a hand on your own heart and just receive that right now. Lord, untether the weights from hearts right now in Jesus' name. Just untether them right now. Lord. Peace, be still. Feel the countenance of the Lord, his kindness towards you. Feel his smile over your life. He loves you so much. Okay, now for this last part, would you please stand to your feet? I, wanna, I got a couple more things I'm gonna pray for you, but I want you to be standing for this, okay? So stand up. I'd like for you to look down your row. I want you to find somebody to grab a hand to. If we can, I'd like for us all to be standing in unity today. You can reach across the aisles if you're able. Just grab hands to your left and right. Let's be connected in this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we stand before you today. Lord, coming before you to exalt, to lift you up, We're asking, Lord, that you would be enthroned over every aspect of our life. And now, Father, by the mercy of Jesus, we proclaim mercy to one another. Okay, would you just, uh, right now, I I want you to declare mercy. I I release mercy over the people in this room. I declare mercy and forgiveness to people who have hurt me, who have spoken evil against me. I declare mercy to them. I let them go. Release mercy to the one who's been difficult, who has injured me. People that have done you wrong, I want you to let that stuff go. This is a burden you're not meant to carry. We declare mercy. I don't hold your sins against you. Come on, would you say that? I, I, I want, if there are, there are people in here you carry an offense and because someone hurt you and there's a specific person... Maybe somebody in this room, maybe it's me. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Whatever offense that's there right now, I want you to release mercy over them. Let it go, friends. It's a burden that will, that will drown your life. Just declare that out loud even now. I do not retain your sins. And you're, you're thinking of that person right now. I, I don't retain your sins, I release mercy. Thank you, Lord. These are the types of things that pull you off the trail, friends. They so easily entangle. They keep you from being able to walk with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, would you come and blow fresh wind over hearts, the spark of life, begin to fill them again. Father, would you release your angels, Lord, to minister, to cut away that which has been hindering and holding people back. Lord, would you release your angels to loose bondages, Lord, that were demonic in nature. God, would you remove the entanglements with the things of this world, the visions of, of grandeur, the stuff that we have pictured that we're trying to achieve but are not from you, Lord, that you cut that stuff away right now. Just remove it, Lord. Remove it. Bring a deliverance, Jesus, over this people. Bring a deliverance, Lord. Whew. Thank you, Lord. 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 Okay, and this last part. Father, as a people, connected in body, Lord, that we would walk with you and fulfill who you've called us to be, individually but corporately as well. Father, this day, I declare the blessings of a thousand generations come upon you as a people. Resources that have been kept from you, you're coming into alignment with generational paths, that that stuff is meant for you to be able to utilize in this day. You need what others have walked in if you're going to fulfill the call of God on your life. And so Father, this morning I declare in Jesus' name the blessing of a thousand generations that it would come upon them. Lord, those who have been orphaned, who don't have natural inheritances, Father, that you adopted them into your family, that you are a part of his story. You're a part of his family. Declare the blessing of the Father upon your life, that you would be fruitful. That you would fulfill who he meant you to be, the call of God in your life. You would walk in in fullness without hindrance. Father, I thank you that you're knitting hearts to one another, and divine enablement will come. Divine partnerships will come. God, that you're aligning their path to, to walk with others, Lord, to partner, to see, Lord, your kingdom be advanced in every sector of society. God, I thank you for your blessing. The blessing of the Lord that breaks the drought. That breaks the drought. Lord, as a people, we repent for aligning with the world's system and economy in service to it. Forgive us, Father. Our money does not come from our jobs. It comes from You. Our money does not come from our efforts. It comes from You. You are the one who blesses us. God, every time we take up an offering here, Lord, it's a portion of what You've given to us. It's our privilege and honor, Lord, to give portions back to you because you're the one who gave it to us. No striving in it, Lord. We declare you're our God, and so we do so with our money too. Lord, forgive us for walking in these other systems. You are our God. And Lord, for every heart that aligns with that today, I pray, God, that you go before them and that there would be a release of provision that is so divine and so powerful that it cannot be bound back, it cannot be held by this world. I thank you that you have been reserving, Lord, the wealth of the wicked, that it would come to the righteous. That there are inheritances that have been caught up that are going to suddenly find you. Listen, when they do, you got to come and bring that testimony, okay? There are some in here, there have been inheritances that have been caught up in court or even things that you didn't know about that are gonna suddenly come to you and it's gonna be a sign that this is what the Lord's doing in your life. God, I thank you for that blessing. Thank you, Lord. Your goodness be demonstrated. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the change in seasons. The change in season. It is a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I bless you, friends. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord be gracious to you, may the Lord's kindness and his countenance be upon you, and his peace, his shalom guard your hearts and minds. His shalom and peace connect you and advance his will in the earth. Declare this this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody who agreed with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?